Would you like to sit and talk about nothing at all with me? Then you'd see that every day's the same to me. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to So I Used to Be in a Band. I'm Jim. Yeah, I'm that guy who keeps going on about how he used to be in a band. However, my guest today is not someone that I've ever played in a band with, not someone I've ever sang a song with, not somebody I've ever really done anything but go to some shows with and have a really good time when we were about 19, 20 years old, somewhere in there. I don't think we were legal at that point, you know, to get into anywhere. But I want to welcome today my guest, great friend, 30 years, Ramon Fernandez. Ramon, welcome to the show. How's it going, everybody? It's great good to have to you here, Ramon. Yeah. Hey, it's my pleasure, man. Long yeah. time. We haven't yeah. spoken in like 30 years. No, it, you know, we, we, it, it's amazing to have a catch up with you to chat with you because as it happens with a lot of people, I feel like, man, I talked to you yesterday, but absolutely, you know, when I, when I look at you right now and uh, you know, the time that's gone on between us and we're looking at each other on zoom doing this podcast, I'm like, yeah, that's, that's my friend from yeah. 30 years yeah. ago. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. We, we, we knew each other. We couldn't do this. This was yeah. uh, science fiction. <laughs> we knew each other to be able to do this kind of you're in scotland i'm in la yeah and we're looking at each other talking this was blade runner stuff it is then, it is you know. it's fantastic and now blade runner was last year <laughs> we passed it. Yeah. i i'm really excited to have you here today because this show is going to be different than some of the other shows i've done this isn't about the musician story going to gigs and things like that this is about that year that you and i met that we became friends uh, 1991, 30 years ago, and especially this month, 30 years ago, wow. some of the biggest albums that ever impacted rock and roll period came out. And, you know, I'm going to let the audience know this, Ramon, straight away. Ramon does not really know what I'm going to throw at it. <laughs> I have no idea you know? what I'm getting and I'm probably gonna, He's probably going to be like, they can't, uh, that came out then. But I've, I've become convinced that 1991 may have possibly been one of the best years in music period right. now there's great albums that came out and i'm sure somebody could point back to some 60s you know and, you know in some other years where these great right. albums were out there but i right. think when you look at some of these albums and you think about whether these artists are still going or how they defined music in their time or what they influenced and you look at 1991 right it's, it's crazy and it's it's cross genre so right. once i start getting into it you're gonna that's great. Yeah, I mean, you have certain years that that were markings in 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 the zeitgeist of music. You know, nineteen seventy one. I mean, uh, they just made a whole documentary about nineteen seventy one and all the yeah. music that's going on. If you haven't seen it, check it out because it's a multi part documentary that really goes deep into what was going on in that specific year. I think like that was a year. Nineteen eighty four was a year. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, with the launching of everything from Guns and Roses to Thriller to Purple Rain. You know that, and so 90, 91 was kind of the end of that. Was tail end of of that thing that it started in eighty four. Yep. With the Val Van Halens and the and the spandex pants and and all mm -hmm. of that. Um, so so yes, definitely a, a cataclysm um, that we were there to witness. Well, Van Halen had an album out in nineteen ninety one. Their for unlawful carnal knowledge oh, album came really? out, so they they oh, were part that of that. Right? And I, I you probably remember the right now music video that came sure, along. Sure, of course, of you know course. that that was, that was big. Huge. So you that know, was there's huge video. there's an album right there that you don't even relate to 1991, but that was a big part of it then. 
So there we were in 1991. As I said, you know, Van Halen had the album that came out uh, for Unlawful Carnal Knowledge. There were a lot of albums that came out. R.E.M.'s Out of Time came out. You know, there were these bands that were established. You know, um, I would say a lot of good hip hop started coming out in 1991. The OG, original Gangster album, Ice-T, came out in 1991. Great he, was story. My, I, he was my big hero, man, back <laughs> in the day. You know me. You know me. I'm a, I, am, I am a typical white boy from Vermont. And I'll never forget having that cassette tape in my car. And, you know, I listen to New Jack Hustler over and over and over again. Remember Nino's that? Theme. And New I'll Jack never forget, Hustler. yeah, one day getting out of the car and running into the house. And my dad went out and got the car and drove somewhere and came back. And he walks back into the house and he says to me, I don't know what that tape is that you were listening to. But don't let your mother hear it. <laughs> <laughs> that's so great. Yeah. Ah, that's a great story, man. Yeah. I got to put that in the script. So <laughs> he was like, you know, you know, you know, and actually when I went to Roger Williams, when I went to the yeah. induction weekend, yeah. I went and saw New Jack City at the yeah. cinema in Rhode Island and uh, on, on a premiere weekend. And it was I really funny. Soundtrack. Uh, it was great. It was great. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of good music that was coming out, but I yeah. think there were two specific months that like the world just dropped on music and it starts in August. So right. when you get to August, Pearl Jam 10 came out, right. you Huge. know, August, August 27th, we didn't Seven. hear about that album for almost another year. You know, it took a while for that album to, to grow, to pick up its okay. fan base. And right. it, it is a, a fantastic album, but seminal. Yeah, Absolutely. Um, you know, so you had that one and I'm looking at the list here. What else came out? Oh, see the black yeah. album, Metallica, the black album, Metallica, which, which basically what that did was to bring in your average listener into the world of heavy metal. That album yeah. was really something that, that said, you know, even if you're a girl, you can listen to this stuff, you know, and you don't have to be some long haired scary dude you know uh, that was the one album that was that, that that sort of brought which much to the detriment of what people say that that's when metallica sold out uh, i think it's a great album mm -hmm. um in I retrospect. Agree. but now i'd like to go over a little bit before um specific albums a little bit about <clears throat> uh, uh patterns if if i may yeah if you, yeah you absolutely courtesy so so if you look at patterns, right, you look mm -hmm. at like, this is actually an article that I published uh, back in the day. It's, and it's, there's 20 years and there's 10 years. And whatever was in 20 years ago is always way cooler than whatever was in 10 years ago. We hate whatever was in 10 years ago. <laughs> we love whatever was in 20 years ago. And it always marches that way. <clears throat> so if, uh, to make my example, like in the seventies, uh, we didn't want to know about Woodstock, we didn't want to know about anything that had happened mm -hmm. in Vietnam. And we wanted to go back to the 50s. Happy when days. The country was, yeah, when the country was still innocent before mm -hmm. the hippies. And so we have Greece. Yeah. You know? Yep. And so that whole glorification of what the 50s actually were, the second time around, it's always more fun, right? Because it gets to come back and you only see the good elements of it, right? Mm -hmm. And the 80s come. And oh, wait. You know, we hated the bell bottoms. We hated the afros. We hated the the big collars. We went in the opposite direction. You know, with the shoulder pads and the tapered pants, and we hated the seventies and everything that they stood for. And there was a sixties revival. What happened at Woodstock? Yeah, uh, Platoon came. You know, all of that marches in that order. Then the nineties come. Tarantino reminds us of how cool the seventies were. 
right? And we hated the 80s. Yeah. Everything they stood for, <laughs> right? So this is the period where we're starting is this new revolution, right? And then it goes on and on and on. You know, as you can see, now we're having a 90s revi- revival. We're back. Uh, yeah, thing. yeah. We're back. You know, exactly. Whatever I think was reality TV ago, slowed always- us down. I think we got stuck for like 10 years. Something made the, the world pause. <laughs> stuck in the matrix. Yeah. yeah. Right. So if so, so if you look at like, for example, you know, in, in music history, there's always there's always that that thing uh, uh, that breaks the mold, you know, mm-hmm. that breaks. So, for example, uh, in the 70s, the Ramones come out and the Ramones are a response to Kiss and yeah. the pyrotechnics and the overproduction. And it's, it's not even about the music anymore. It's about the show. They stripped it down to the bone and said, Fuck you. We know three chords, but we know how to play them really fast. Mm-hmm. And it's jeans, leather jacket, white T-shirt, Chuck Taylor's and fuck you attitude. And they blew everything out of the water. You know, there's the, the famous uh, 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 letter that Lou Reed sent to Blondie said, saying we're finished. Now we all sound like <laughs> a bunch of whining idiots, you know, because there you have it. And, and so there's always these, these, these cycles that happen, right? Yeah. And so what we witnessed in 91 was one of those, just like when, when you know, uh, uh, urban kids developed hip hop. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can't just have a poem with a beat. That's not music. And now it's the biggest genre of all genres, right? Now you have rappers flying to Cannes on a private jet. <laughs> you know? so, and it's a beautiful thing, you know? And so uh, what we witnessed, I think, was, was one of those moments where... The door got kicked down. Yeah, you know, and 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 it was nihilistic in a way, and it was a, a bit in your face. Um, but I got to tell you, it, it produced some of the best music ever made. Mm-hmm. You know, um, that usually does. You know, and in one, you know, sw- one swoop. You know, with one song, not even one album. You know, uh, smells like Teen Spirit. All those hair bands got wiped out. It is crazy. The day after that video came out you could no longer wear spandex and makeup and eyeliner <laughs> and talk about, she's my little China doll. <laughs> Not work anymore. There, <laughs> there are bands that year that released yeah. like Skid Row, Warren. Those right. guys did try to put out albums that year and they yeah. got nowhere with it. It was, no, done. It was done. I, I think the only band that had the holdover was really, I mean, Metallica, they were bridging something new. At the time, yeah, but, but Metallica never wore makeup in spandex. No, they Metallica didn't. They were always, always pure. Always yeah, Guns and Roses. Those guys were dressed for the stage, but they, Use Your they Illusion One and it. Two. You know, those were strong yeah. albums. Yeah, yeah, they survived it, but not many did. No, not no, did. not many people survived that. You had to wait it out twenty years and then do your reunion tour. It was, you know. but I think there was a, a changeover in rock fans. So I was in the dorms at Roger Williams when we were yeah. at, at there, and I'll never forget. Uh, there were these two guys that I were, were there, Tyler and Matt. And one of the guys liked, you know, modern pop rock music. And the other guy liked all the alternative stuff and the weird stuff that was coming out. And we went to the mall and they both had to get an album and Tyler had the car. So on the way home, he got to listen to what he bought, which was Use Your Illusion 1 and 2. And I remember riding back and being like, yeah, Live and Let Die, you know, Civil War. These songs are incredible. This is great. You know, it was a pinnacle probably of their career with this double album. You can't put out a double album anymore. That doesn't really happen. That might be one of the last great double albums of rock and roll. Well, there's no money to be made in music anymore. Yeah, no, no. Not like that. But then Matt bought Nevermind. And we got back to the dorms and, you know, went back to the room, probably partied a little, got out of sorts. 
put that on and it was just unlike anything else you'd ever heard it, right. you know, the production of it's fantastic and that definitely right. helps it sound so great. It was just very powerful and yeah. it was punky and, you know, first of all, how quaint and how lovely it is to go to the mall to go buy music, to go mm. buy your one album, like <laughs> once a month, like, you know, once every three months, like how, you know, amazing were those times you go out and you go buy a tape and you listen to it and you could hold it, you could smell it, you yeah. could read the lyrics, you could, you know, what happened to the tradition of, of giving somebody a, a, an album for their birthday or for Christmas? Remember doing that? A mixtape. Like I bought you, I bought you, <laughs> you know, or I went out and I bought you a CD. Yeah, just you know what I mean? It, yeah. Like, happy, happy birthday. We mm-hmm. can't do that anymore. You can't gift music like we used to anymore. No. Buy somebody a record. And, and so, it used to anyway, be special. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Special thing. You owned it. Remember, I don't know if you remember, in my dorm room, I had all my cassette tapes alphabetized, mm-hmm. lined mm-hmm. up and alphabetized. <laughs> Uh, and then someday you'd want to play one and it's missing because somebody went in there and took the cassette out and never gave it back. But uh, I remember. I, whoa, whoa, you know, whoa, I just, whoa. That wasn't me. Anybody, <laughs> you still have my body count tape. No, but I might have had your black sheep tape. <laughs> uh, I introduced you to black sheep. Yes. Yes. So um, even in the hip hop world, there was yeah. big stuff going on. But anyway. De La Soul is Dead came out in that Soul. September. Great. De La Soul is Dead is one of the like best hip hop albums of all of the 90s. Yeah, <laughs> Tribe yeah, Called yeah, Quest. Yeah. That came out yeah. right in that time. Briefly but you, you know what? You know what other album stuff. dropped yeah. that same day as Nevermind? What's that? Blood Sugar Sex Magic. Wow. The same Imagine day. That. Those two Imagine albums a came world out. Where that happens. Imagine <laughs> that's bananas. Yeah. No, I had no idea. Yeah. I mean, imagine, imagine living in that world. Those were quite the times. And no cell phones. You went, to a, you went to a concert and nobody had a cell phone. There was no social media. Yeah. You couldn't tell somebody else. You There's couldn't no share it. There's no YouTube in a video. You just had to tell somebody about it. Mm-hmm. That was it. You know, you just had to tell somebody about it in person, you know, uh, or write them a letter. But that was, you know, those were quite the times. Can, can I ask you a question? I know that when you were at Roger Williams, you went and spent some time in London. When you yeah. guys were in London, did you know that that was happening in America? Or I mean, just... it was pretty global. Okay. It was pretty yep. global. You know, and it, all it takes is one kid to have a tape and it's mm-hmm. going to circulate, you know, and as much as you might complain about Napster uh, messing things up and now people can share music, we did share music all the yeah. time. Yeah. It's, it's, can I record your tape? Give me your original. I buy myself a blank tape. And, you know, so that was going on way before Napster. It's how we shared music. It's just a different way of sharing music. But I mean, it was it was one semester, but I know that by the time I got back, the whole world had changed. Yeah. You know? And, you know, uh, people talk a, a lot about Nirvana, Nirvana. They, they're the ones that really sort of uh, kicked off the whole Seattle explosion. But mm-hmm. <clears throat> my opinion, Eddie Vedder was really the our Jim Morrison. That's the guy that really all the girls wanted to mess yeah, with. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. That was, yeah. That was, was the guy he everybody was. wanted to have a beer with. Everybody mm-hmm. wanted to be him. He was the guy you know jumping off the stage with his shorts on also people playing hard music wearing shorts was a first, <laughs> you know and short hair and whatever that was a first you you always associated guitars with spandex and hair yeah and this was the first time that you know some kid got up there with wear a pair of cargo shorts and just blasted off this riff and you're like what the hell is this I also think other than Jim Morrison from the 1970s onward, you hardly ever found a rock band that didn't have a falsetto singer. You know, every, every lead singer had to have that, you know, foreigner jukebox hero voice. You know, you need to have the Ario, you know, imitate Robert Plant. Yeah. Everybody had to, 
Yeah. Yeah. And this was baritone and this was, you could do whatever you wanted. And then of course you have, you know, Lane Staley of, of oh, Alice in Chains, yeah. who yeah, was yeah, really yeah. the voice of that generation. I mean, mm-hmm. I think he was actually the best singer of them all. If yeah. You're thinking about a voice mm-hmm. that could really do it. Um, you know, and, and, and how tragically, you know, I mean, Eddie Vedder is really the only one left. If you think about it, they're all dead. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, you know it's him and Dave Grohl really. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, but at the time, you know, and also, you know, you got to remember that, I, you know, I, I came from Spain, you know, my mother's black, my father's Puerto Rican. I grew up listening, you know, Motown and hip hop. By the time I got to Roger Williams, which is, you know, there was eight black kids, let's face it, <laughs> literally eight of us. It was a white school. And so um, I ended up going there and it, it changed me completely because by the, you know, when I got to, to, to Roger Williams, my only white artist that I had uh, in my possession was The Police. Okay, fantastic. Everything else was hip hop, which we called rap back then. Yep. Um, and, and Prince and so on and so forth and funk. And that experience opened me up to, from Stevie Ray Vaughan, you know, who was yeah. also a big thing at the time. Uh, on down my roommates, you know, and everything that was going on. And, you know, these days, 80% of what I listen to is rock and roll because of that experience. You know, it changed me completely fundamentally, you know, Um, but it was so much fun. The music just became- I'll say on the flip side of that, Ramon, is a guy who came from Newport, Vermont, you know, yeah. I come from fields of crackers. You know, we're, we're we are white bread. There was fields of crackers. <laughs> That's like, funny. There, there is when I got things are much there, more mixed up today. Things yeah, are much. Oh, they are kids, much kids have more. access to it's, so much more music. When I met you, you introduced me to hip hop that I'd never heard before. Interesting. So you were going yeah. through that experience, right. but that wasn't the world that I. So you know, when we got back together, I mean, yeah, I mean, I talked about Black Sheep to you, but I'll be honest with you. I put it on yesterday and I walked into work with it and I loved every second of it. No kidding. And it was just, a, it's, it's such a great trip down memory lane. It still plays. Yeah. It still, it still plays. plays. It, it, it still holds up. It's still, it's phenomenal. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah. just they like, good. but just like the music we're talking about, just like Pearl Jam 10, just like Metallica. I mean, Garth Brooks roping the wind came out that September. That's banana. That's 14 times platinum. Uh, Rush. Rush, their album, Roll the Bones, which right. actually hit number three in America for Rush, getting a number three album. That's a pretty big that's deal. You know, you know, it's funny. Rush was always my, my, my whiteness limit. That's as far as I could do. <laughs> I never got into Rush. It was way too white for me. I just hey, could not I, do it. I, I don't blame you. You know, I try to get into Rush. I respect the musicianship. Oh, so, for sure. 100%. Yeah. When I look at but it. But there's bands that you click with and bands that you don't. Yeah. You know, I, I was just, I was never a fan. Uh, uh, it's like, I'm not a fan of The Who. Uh-huh. I know, and and I, I respect yeah. the musicianship and so on, but it's just it's a little too much for me. I could watch yeah. video probably all day of Keith Moon playing drums. Oh, all but, day. But I don't want to listen to the. Who. <laughs> but I don't want to listen to the rest of the music. I don't exactly. understand why Pete Townsend's such a great guitar player because he does a windmill and smashes it. You know, right. I, yeah, there are, there are places in there, and I'm sure somebody yeah. will come along and argue with me after the podcast about why they're, they're a song based album. They're a song based band. They yeah. always looking yeah. for that one hit. Whereas I, I'm much more partial to like a a Sabbath or a Zeppelin that is more mm-hmm. uh, album concept. Um, but anyway, that's just personal preference. You know, you, you we were talking earlier and uh, the name Lenny Kravitz came up 
Lenny Kravitz's yeah. Mama Said album came out in 91. Oh my God. And That's crazy. somebody else who uh, had a, a hand in it was uh, always on the run was actually co-written by Slash from Guns N' Roses. That's insane. So that riff at the beginning of, the, of always on the run, that right. slash play in that. And then actually Lenny joins in with him. Oh, so that's crazy. It's just such a crazy year for music. And then U2 releases Actung Baby. That's insane. You know, at, at the end of the year, I think it was like, you know, mid or end of November. And that was a total change in their direction from yeah. Joshua Tree and sure. introducing kind of a, like electronica sounds into right. popular music. You got into dance and club music. You probably know Orbital. Yeah, of course. Orbital, they came out that year. That their their debut was that year. Massive Attack. Massive uh, Attack. Yeah. I mean, and, and that's the other thing. That's and that's the other thing that on the other spectrum of things, we were witnessing the birth of electronic music. Yeah. So, well, that's why I'm bringing I mean, that up. We went to our first rave together. I think probably. Uh, yeah. <laughs> did you come to the Did you come to the rave uh, at and the um at the amusing at the amusement park? Uh, on Halloween. Yeah, Did that sounds that? familiar. If I, if it might be one of those was, nights I don't remember very well. <laughs> it was called Casper, and you could literally ride all the, you know, the yeah, rides, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you could go through all, and there was techno music playing everywhere, and it was the first time that I'd ever really heard that or seen what was what this is all about, and and ecstasy and every all that stuff, which later on I I, I got deep into when I moved to New York, but we're witnessing the birth of. A whole genre of music, which is now right there. the dance music, any club you go to, that's what they're playing, um, as well. So it was, it was, it was a. This is a good year for you to choose. Thirty years ago, man, you and 91. I were standing side by side when Can't all of this was happening. <laughs> you make me feel old, brother. Hey, man, you know we're still young at heart. We still got a lot ahead of us and still, go, still doing it still here. We, we are, we are, we are. And um, so then, yeah, uh, you know, my big hero at the time, Ice-T with whom I've worked with since, mm -hmm. which was really weird. Oh, that's right. You were on an episode of, of Law and Order. Law and yeah. Order. Did I say at the start of this show that you're an actor and that you, I don't think sure. I did. I don't think I did. <laughs> yes, I'm an actor, everybody. I'm like, this is my buddy Ramon. Hey, you know. You yeah, might have, yeah. You might have seen him in Iron Fist. Yeah. You might have seen him get shot by Cuba Gooding or whatever. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, got killed in uh, uh, Sons of Anarchy. You know, it was your turn in Revolution. That's the one yes. where, you, where you, that death scene was my favorite of yours. You oh, know, it was like yes. right in on the eyes and everything. That's funny. That was a tough shoot for me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so, so I, I, you know, I was more of a film guy and an acting guy. You were always the musician guy. Mm -hmm. and, and so we would sort of meet in the middle. Um, and uh, we were also in the theater department as well. Yeah. yeah. We were doing stuff there. But uh, yeah, so we went to see uh, Body Count together, mm -hmm. didn't we? Body what do you count, remember about that body name? Count, body count, body count. So do you know what I remember about that night? Some of it was theater. Some of it was definitely theater with Ice-T. I remember it was a two-show night at Club Babyhead. Club and Babyhead. We, we were at the late show. Now, the advantage of being at the late show is I think we were only two of 30 people in the whole club. There was, yeah. there was hardly anybody there. But I remember we had to line up at the wall outside waiting to get in as the first show was ending. And I remember hearing Ice-T on stage giving the whole, yo, when they told us when we played this song tonight, they were going to take us off stage. We were going to get arrested. But we we're going to play this song, motherfuckers. We're going to do this right. We're going to, you know, cop killer. It was you cop killer. Yeah, it was cop killer. And, and, now, and now he spent the last 30 years playing a cop. Yeah. <laughs> but, then, <laughs> but then we go in 
and he gives the same speech over again about how he's going to get arrested if he plays a song. Right. Yeah. Yeah, well, of course, hey, you know, it's musicianship, you know what I mean? Uh, but that's funny. I remember that uh, it was it was a heavy show, but it was the first time that anybody was really sort of mixing um, rap, as it was called back then, with with heavy yeah. metal. Yeah. You know, it was the first really sort of like way beyond, way before Limp Bizkit did it, way before, you know, uh, a lot of other guys did it. And they're still they're still playing, you know, um, they're still doing it. But I, you know, I. The album hasn't aged all that well. It's a bit bit sophomore. Nothing wrong with Evil Dick. Come on. (laughs) Evil Dick. (laughs) And, uh, you know, um, it is what it is. Uh, It was fun. We were young. It was fun. You know, when you think about Ice-T, I think about Ice-T, you know, you think about um, like bands like I see Ice-T originally with like my two live crew days because, you know, Ice-T's let's get butt naked and fuck <laughs> fit right. right in there with me. So horny, you know, I right. had that same kind of, Ooh, I better not sure. let my mom hear this. But in the next verse, know. he's going to tell you, he's going to shoot you in the face. Cause you owe money. Yes. You know, so there well, was a he, little bit of, you know, it wasn't playful. I know? think he got more angry. I think when the OG album came out, you know, that kind of gangster attitude really hit hard. Yeah. And then well, I mean, his first line ever on any album was six in the morning, police at my door. <laughs> That's how he started his career. So this is a hell of a way to start. So, I mean, he pretty much invented gangster rap. You know, it was yeah. after him that NWA came out and everybody else. He was the first one to really say, you know, what it's like to sell drugs on the street. Before that, hip hop was kind of, you know, I said a hip hop, hippity, yeah. you know, and they're talking about your girl and you're talking and about on this and, on and, on and, and, and how you're a sucker MC and I'm better than you. And, yeah. and then he was the first one to really sort of come out and say, you know, I'm getting locked up for selling drugs on the street and this is a fucked up world you know i think one of the unfortunate things that's happened with some of the older hip-hop music and when you talk about the stuff like you know sugar house gang is a lot of those rhymes got recycled over and over again so many times that when you go back and listen to the guys who did it first it sounds done you know it's it 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 doesn't you know it sounds generic but these were the guys who actually put that on pen, pen and paper and recorded sure, it and out there course. first. Sure. And then the rhymes, rhymes got more complicated. And, you know, now the state of hip hop is a completely different thing. I don't, yeah. I don't really, you know, um, I'm not really that into it in the no. sense that it used to be the voice of the people. It used to be the voice of the oppressed. And, and I'm in the UK, man. You ever try to listen to English people rap? It just does <laughs> not work to me. <laughs> you know, I'll probably get somebody saying something to me about that too, but it just, That's it, funny. It, it, it's... you know, like listening to British people rap, there's maybe two guys in this whole country yeah. that I can listen to that I'm kind of like, yeah. tricky, you know, this yeah. tricky. Oh, absolutely. Tricky is great. Tricky's great. Yeah. You know, there's some guys that are, that can do it, but it's, it's, it was a very um, urban African-American, urban American mm-hmm. thing invented in the Bronx. And so, but nowadays it just seems like every, every track is all about fuck you for not being me because I got more money than you and I'm a fuck your bitch. Yeah. You know, and it's, and it's, and it's a shame because it used to be really about um, street poetry. It Mm -hmm. used to really, you know, it was, it was a documentary into these people's lives. And, and it just seems like there's a bit of a, you know, poor man's mentality, uh, where you have to, you know, prove that you can afford new clothes, you know, yeah. uh, that's yeah. what it's all come down to these days, but who knows, maybe there'll be a resurgence. Maybe there'll be again with these cycles, they keep happening and some K 
kid who's now 12 in eight years will probably kick the door down and say this is the new hip-hop it'd be nice to hear there is a there is one group called the allergies over here and they kind of have that scratching you know that old thing going on You know, I, even when Jurassic Five came around in the 2000s, they were kind of like that 20 year throwback to the Sugar yeah. House, you know, Sugar Hill Sugar Gang. Hill so, Gang. Yeah, you know, we're so hopefully something will come along. And, but man, you know, looking at what birthed out of that year that we were all there, yeah. you know, in 91, it, it, and you're right, what you said about Alice in Chains, those other bands, you know, I didn't even mention Soundgarden. You know, Soundgarden. yeah, were, the bad motor figure. Well, it was out. the big four. That was the yeah. big four, right? It was Soundgarden, yeah. Nirvana, Pearl Jam, and Alice in uh, Chains. Alice in Chains. Those yeah. were the big four. They were. And then you had the peripheral bands mm-hmm. like um, Stone Temple Pilots that yeah. came out of LA. Who they served... actually probably had more number one tunes than the rest of the guys. They were commercially and you, successful. And if you listen to Core, because that I think also dropped in 91. Yeah. Right. If you listen to Core 91 or 92, if you listen to Core, their first album, he sounds like a mixture between Scott Weiland sounds like a mixture between Eddie Vedder and Kurt Cobain. You know, just yeah, yeah. Makes- he's got that whole thing that the way that 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 Vedder sang, you know, uh, where he would sort of like muddle the whole of it all, that thing that he used to do, you know, and and you know, Jeremy Spoken, you know, right? Remember that video? It's oh pretty, yeah, uh, Columbine. Yep, yep. Um, and so and so it was it was a new definitely a new era like you said yeah people weren't going for the high pitched yells of she's my little china doll and the shitty lyrics and it then it turned it turned uh, heroiny mm-hmm. um you know i got to tell you I, I did i did a play years ago in seattle and uh it wasn't until i you, you live in seattle for 3 weeks of rain or the threat <laughs> of rain that you totally understand uh i was just like spike me just give me some heroin like I totally understood <laughs> where these guys came from. Once I, it's just so depressing. You, you've forgotten uh, I live in Scotland. Oh dear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, also, didn't I live them... on the sunny side of Scotland. Yeah, wonderful. <laughs> didn't, didn't... <laughs> the California of Scotland. Yeah. Did, did, didn't uh, that movie uh, Singles come out that same year? Oh, I loved that movie. That movie, that, that, movie? that soundtrack was absolutely that incredible. Yeah. It had a. Uh, that uh, Mother Love Bone tune on there, Love Chloe Dancer, Crown of Thorns. Yes. It had a Drown by Smashing Pumpkins on there. Paul Westerberg was on it. Yep. And, yep. Uh, and so was actually Alice in Chains with that yep. song Wood. Wood. Which was amazing. Yeah, Incredible absolutely. And, and so even though it was even being represented in film, that, mm-hmm. whole, that whole thing. If you look at, you know, Matt Dillon's uh, fake band, uh, uh, Citizen Dick. Dick. Yeah, right. It's I had the Jeff T-shirt Ament in it. Right. It's that's Pearl Jam. I mean, yeah, you know, Jeff Ament, yeah. and and they're all in there. And uh, uh, that's a great. If you if you guys ever want to look at what that world looked like back then, go watch that movie because it'll take you right back. And if you ever want to find out what Citizen Dick sounds like, you I think it's called Touch Me on Dick, and you can find it <laughs> might be on YouTube or you might find it somewhere. But I've, I know I've heard it in the past, and it's that band from the movie fictionally. Yeah, and then what? Four years later, three years later, Pulp Fiction comes out and changes the whole world, right? Yeah. So. Um, but yeah, those were great days to be a college student, mm-hmm. uh, 91 to be a college student. Uh, it was, I remember going to Guillory's, which is the bar down the street. I played there. Oh, did you really? I did. Wow. Yeah. Fortunate. Cause that's all they played was, was 10. They I played for played beer out there. You played for beer. I played for beer. Um, my, <laughs> but it was, it was before you were, you were hanging with me. 
I went there a couple of times. I was playing with a couple of guys that were just in my dorm and we went down and there were three of us with acoustic guitars and two girls that were singing grateful dead tunes. And all I had to do was play a D and G all night. And I got to drink pitchers of beer. So I did it. Why not? That's great. And you're probably underage. I was, yeah, I was 18, 19 <laughs> years old. They didn't ask any of us. That's funny. Yeah. Back then you could get away with that sort that's of thing. Funny. I remember there were people that would do, um, uh, the guy that used to sell fake IDs out of his dorm room. Yeah. <laughs> and what the way that they did it back then was he had a giant uh, cutout of a uh, driver's license. Yeah. Like <clears throat> big. Yeah. You stick your head stick in your it. Head through the hole where the photo was going to be. Mm-hmm. And he would take a Polaroid of that. <laughs> and then he would cut that out and plastify it and see if it would work. And then there's like all these kids running around with the same exact ID with the same name. <laughs> hilarious that was the culture back then that's great hey ramon i'm gonna wrap stuff up it has been absolutely phenomenal hang on the line while i say my goodbyes so that i can come back and we can close things out properly okay copy that chief good times hey everybody thanks for joining us on so i used to be in a band i'm really looking forward to this next season having some different conversations about music and the way that it brings the whole world together and it couldn't have been a better way to start off than with the guy that i got to hang around with in the year 1991 ramon fernandez thank you very much once again for coming on the show today my pleasure absolutely appreciated um yeah so until next time everybody thanks for listening we'll be back soon bye now rock on would you like to sit and talk 